It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Tonight with veteran handicappers Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, welcome back. To the big show, hour number two tonight, VSEN tonight, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook and uh, Wes Reynolds. We've got a lot of basketball betting action uh, to update. Let's start in the Big Ten, where uh, Minnesota's putting a big time scare into Purdue right now. Number two team, a 16 and a half, 17 point favorite tonight, and going to be lucky to win this game. Right now, Gophers up 54 53 with 13 minutes to go, but uh, Minnesota was up. 43-35 at halftime, mm-hmm. had nine made three-pointers, only one turnover, and uh, had played their A game in the first half. You don't expect that necessarily to continue, but again, this is the number one against the spread team in all of college basketball. Minnesota came in tonight 20-3 and against the spread, and if you and I were fortunate here and don't have a total meltdown by Minnesota, it's going to be 21-3. and Yeah, Gophers 10-19, and by the way, from the three. Uh, Purdue currently at DraftKings, 13-25 left to go in the second half. Purdue has made a little bit of a run here to make it a one-score game, but 54-53 Minnesota. Purdue minus 8.5, 161.5 the current total at DraftKings. What else do you have your eye on in the world of uh, college hoops right now? Yeah, look, uh, uh, Gonzaga just went to half at LMU. They took a ton of money. I think they opened 13 last night, and I saw 16 at the close. Getting all they want from LMU, though, at the half at the uh, Gersten Pavilion, 47-46 Gonzaga. Zags minus 9.5, 82 the uh, second half total. Uh, Also, uh, UCLA up at the half, 38-29 on Colorado. Colorado laying three in the second half, and then 73 for the second half total. Can this be a teaching point? So I was going to play UCLA in this game. And then uh, last night, the market moved to Colorado minus one and a half from pick, and I thought that was going to be a sharp move. And uh, I don't really like this UCLA team all that much anyway. And you're thinking, all right, if the Buffalo is going to be focused to bounce back, it's going to be off that embarrassing loss mm-hmm. in Arizona on Saturday night. I passed on the game. Even though going into the day, I thought I was going to bet UCLA, and right now I'm upset I passed on the game. We'll see how it turns out, but the Bruins up nine at the half. Sometimes you look at the betting market and you respect that sharp money maybe a little too much sometimes. Yeah, look, uh, not all moves are created equal, Uh, and sometimes they'll be set up, and you'll be seeing that uh, here uh, late in the season. Uh, uh, Memphis trying to rally late against North Texas. They were down double digits. Uh, UNT, by the way, was a one-point favorite at close. Game's gone over the total, 71-66. to Uh, Memphis, uh, you know, really struggled, and then all of a sudden they won three in a row. They beat Tulane on Sunday, but... uh, uh, the Memphis Tigers, uh, you you look at the, you look at their resume, a very uneven resume, as they are now down seven minute thirty left to go because they do have some good wins. Clemson's a good win, Virginia's a good win, at Texas A and M is a good win, SMU at home is a good win, but they've also lost at home to Rice, 
Lost at UAB, lost at Tulane, lost at home to South Florida, even though South Florida is getting better and better all the time. I think they've won like uh, something like 10 in a row, South Florida, third longest winning streak in the nation. But yes, Memphis team, very Jekyll and Hyde because we were starting to think, okay, this team, you know, maybe they're going to be the sleeper this year because they got a lot of talent. They got an All-American candidate in David Jones, uh, but They've been very, very erratic. Uh, they had lost four in a row. Now they'd won three in a row. after the, uh, Before that four-game losing streak, I think they'd won 10 in a row. Uh, so very up-and-down bunch are these Memphis Tigers. I know some uh, pretty sharp handicappers who were very excited to uh, play Memphis at about 60-1, to 80-1 to 1 in the mm-hmm. Futures when this team was off to a good start in the first two months. And sometimes you end up, when you play the Futures, even when you're getting good numbers, you have buyer's remorse. Right now, I wouldn't bet. 10 bucks on Memphis. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's hard uh, because and, – and that's a good league to the American, especially uh, FAU, who did win tonight, didn't cover against Temple, but did get the win well, earlier tonight. We're talking tonight. about a Memphis team, Wes, at one point, probably top 15 team in the first two months. Oh, yeah. Might not make the tournament. Yeah, 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 yeah because uh, like we were talking about with Adam Hill in the last segment, you might get five out of the Mountain West, a, a team that you – or a league that you thought maybe earlier in the season, two, three bids – so you're going to get multiple bid leagues. You might get multiple out of the A-10, too. Dayton and uh, perhaps Richmond. Dayton, for sure, is going to go. But if somebody else wins that A-10 tournament, then you get two bids. Uh, uh, Indiana State, though, uh, that might have helped some teams that will be eventually on the bubble losing the other night because they may have to win Arch Madness now. But that could be perhaps a two-bid league as well. You, know, you threw that tough question at Adam Hill. I don't think he was ready for it. He was sweating I, in the, I, the spotlight. I mean, I mean that, was, that, was, that was a Tucker Carlson-esque with Vladimir Putin, wasn't it? <laughs> Actually, uh, Carlson threw Putin a lot of softballs. I was kind of joking about that. Did you watch? And it wasn't exactly um, Jenny Finch uh, fast pitch either. No, no it wasn't. Uh, back to the Mountain West. You threw that question at uh, Adam Hill about how many teams are going to get in. Right now, I would say San Diego State, Utah State, Colorado State, New Mexico. I'm going to say those four are very close to locks. Boise and Nevada have a great shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's six teams that could get in, and UNLV's that wild card team. Right now, only a game and a half out of first in the standings and has a conference tournament. When is the last time the Rebels have won the Mountain West Conference Tournament? Or, uh, I actually think you got to go back to around 2010. I was going to say, it has been a long time for UNLV. 2008 or tournament. 2010, I believe. Okay, 2008, I believe. Uh, our, uh, so audio. the Mountain West last got five teams in, I think. Uh, we can check with our chief researcher, Sean McCollum, on this. I think... 2013. Okay. Five 2013. Teams. Okay. Been about 10 years since Mountain West got five teams in. With the Pac 12 really down, and I think the Pac 12 is going to get two. Colorado's, I think so too. Colorado's got a chance to make a big push. We'll see how the conference tournament plays out in Vegas. But uh, I, the Mountain West got a ch- shot to get six teams in, depending how uh, this thing plays out. It's probably going to be five West. Yes. If uh, you had to say who's going to be the odd team out, the odd team. Boise, Nevada, UNLV, only one of those three is probably going to get in. Yeah, yeah. UNLV would have to make the championship game of the conference. You'd have to get have one of them, I think, would have to be bid stealers, though, and uh, and go ahead and win that uh, Mountain West tournament. But, yeah, some of these conferences are down. Look, the Big Ten, I think, is going to get less. I still think they're going to get plenty. I don't think they're going to get something ridiculous like four or five teams. No, here's what I got. I did this research last night. So the ACC's got two teams that are locks. North Carolina, Duke, mm-hmm. and I think could get two more in. And I think Virginia and right. probably Clemson That's are in pretty saying. good shape. So they could get two more in, so you get four from the ACC. I've got six teams that are a lock from the Big Ten. Purdue, Illinois, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Nebraska and Michigan State and the Big Ten might get a seventh team yeah because if you look that 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 second half of the conference uh like nobody's really bad right but nobody's really that good either I mean I would say maybe the seventh team would be Maryland right now but 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 Indiana doesn't have any big wins Ohio State certainly has been struggling Iowa is very inconsistent Indiana is not a tournament no not at all unless you're talking national invitation national invitation tournament yeah that might be where Indiana's heading Pac-12 is going to get two maybe three at the most you're stretching it uh I really like the Big East 
And I really like the SEC, and I really like the Big 12 like everybody else. Those teams are going to get the most. Those conferences are going to get the most Big teams. 12 might get eight or nine. Yeah. I think Big 12 is going to get nine. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know, Big East, uh, weak at the bottom, but got a couple teams on, on that on that bubble. Uh, uh, Butler, Providence, Seton Hall. See how many uh, the Big East gets uh, here. I think they've been probably number two, number three best conference in America. Minnesota could get this win at Purdue tonight. That would be a huge boost to the Gophers and their resume. But uh, right now they're losing control of yeah, this game. Yeah, this is a run here for Purdue. Purdue now out six uh, here and heading to the line. 10.40 left to go. I mentioned it was eight and a half, I believe, uh, on the live line. Last update, now it's 13 and a half. DraftKings has up uh, some pretty good props we talked about last night with uh, Matt Grill. And I, I love to look at this stuff. And uh, we'll talk about it more on the show, I think, next week. We'll see what transpires this weekend. But, Wes, the will this team make the tournament, the bubble props, will yes. this team make the tournament? Northwestern was one of those teams. The DraftKings put a prop on, will uh, the Purple Cats make the tournament? And there were a bunch of teams on that list. Check those out at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you're interested in betting those, we'll break those down a little bit more on next week's show. But I like that DraftKings is putting up props like that because – Bracketology really takes over, and there's a lot of mm-hmm. uh, interest in uh, what these teams need to do to play their way in. And I, I do think you can find some numbers uh, to your advantage if you if you play those props. I was looking through them last night. Anyway, Wes, quick update on the NBA here before we go to a break. And uh, what's happening with the Golden State Warriors? That's been kind of a well, wild what, back What's and forth happening there. is a lot of scoring in the second quarter. Uh, Dubs with 48 points. In the second, 84 to 71 uh, now at the half. Uh, Steph only nine points, but uh, multiple double-digit scores for Golden State. Pods, the leading scorer, uh, Brandon Podzemski with uh, 18. So 84 to 71. And uh, I'm looking at second half line uh, just coming out. Utah minus three, 124 is what I'm seeing. And then also in progress late in the third quarter, Grizzlies 82 to 77 over the Milwaukee Bucks, who... uh, uh, you know, still playing Giannis. Uh, he has 25 and nine right now, but the uh, Grizzlies with the lead over the Bucks. Bucks continuing the struggle. They're laying three and a half on the in play, two thirty and a half. I think. What are they? Three and six with since uh, Doc has taken over. Well, I'm t- I'm going to tell you this: with Doc taking over, they're going to continue to struggle. Yeah, it's going to be a struggle uh, for the rest of the year. It's going to be a struggle bus for the Bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, Doug Kazarian talked about it last night when he had him on the show. You traded one of the best uh, defensive guards in the league. Yes. And I like Damian Lillard a lot, but he's not a great defender. The Bucks are going to have a lot of problems in the playoffs because they just don't defend well enough. And Doc Rivers is not going to get him over the hump. Yeah, so it's like who's going to who's going to emerge uh, to uh, challenge Boston? I mean, Philly could got to get Embiid back you, very soon. Cle- but a lot of people sleeping on the Cleveland Cavaliers. I kind of think that they're the sleeper team too because How about the Pacers could they get it together? Might be a year away. Knicks also if they can get yeah. healthy. All right, more NBA, college hoops, and uh, some golf when we come back here on the Sports Betting Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. 
They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get your daily best bets, emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. Visit vsin.com slash pro to subscribe today. That's B S I N.com slash pro. All right, we talked about the uh, pros. Three-game NBA slate tonight before the uh, All-Star game in Indianapolis this yes. weekend. I bet you wish you could go home to the game, don't you? I kind of do. I kind of snuck up on me uh, to make a trip. <laughs> there, there, there are a lot of events going on in town. A uh, lot, of, lot of celebrities coming in, uh, uh, different musical acts doing uh, performances. And... Jim Neighbors? Or... No, no, it oh. is not Jim Neighbors uh, okay. for the uh, Indy 500, I think. John uh, Denver? Uh, not John Denver okay. either. Uh, I believe uh, Little Wayne. Is is going to be performing? Uh, 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 Keith Urban, uh, Keith Urban for the white folks. Uh, he'll he'll be performing, and then uh, a couple other ones. Uh, uh, Common is uh, performing. Uh, a lot of different celebrities. Jennifer Hudson, who's going to be in town, I believe. I believe she's doing the anthem. I think for the All Star Game. Uh, of course, Indianapolis's own uh, Kenny Babyface Edmonds, uh, legend uh, in Indianapolis. Never heard uh, of him. You never heard of Babyface? I actually haven't. You I'm haven't? Joking. Really? I'm not, I'm not Seriously? No. Double-digit Grammys. Uh, yeah, yeah. Babyface, legendary songwriter, producer, recording artist. So a uh, lot of things going on, even though uh, it looks like we are getting some snow in Indianapolis. That's one thing I, I'm not going to miss uh, there. So uh, big weekend for Indianapolis. First time they've hosted the All-Star Weekend since 1985. Uh, so... Excited to see our city on display. Our city uh, uh, usually does well in these big-time events. Yeah, we talked with uh, Adam Hill about Vegas putting on uh, Super Bowl week and uh, putting on a uh, pretty good show for a week here for Super Bowl 58. Indianapolis has you know, been the home of the Final Four, Super Bowl, all the big events for a long time. It's the best, and, and, and I think <clears throat> most people will tell you that cover college basketball regularly, Indianapolis is probably the best Final Four city. New Orleans up there, too, obviously, because it's New Orleans. But Until we get a Final Four in Vegas. Yeah, I, I can't wait we for that. We're going to have the NCAA tournament here soon. Yeah, I can't wait yeah. for that. Yeah, you and I were at the uh, regional final uh, last year when uh, Connecticut lowered the boom on Gonzaga over at the T-Mobile. Yeah, that was, uh, like you said, the the West regional final. But uh, there's going to be, I think there's a, the first round is coming here next year. And then the final, I, I, think, I think you're right. A final four down the road. Yeah, uh, look, Vegas, uh, much like the uh, Super Bowl, is going to be a regular fixture uh, uh, for final four cities. And you know, you really, when you look at it, Indy, uh, New Orleans, Vegas, San Antonio, I think those are the best Final Four cities. When you think Indy, you think racing, 
Now, there's not going to be any racing this week, especially if there's snow, but uh, what about Daytona? Because you're a guy who does bet auto racing. You bet uh, IndyCar, NASCAR. Did you bet F1 when that was out in Vegas? Uh, I, I did, just okay. very small. But a uh, guy we might need to be listening to is our uh, our man Isaiah Wrinkle. Uh, I think he hit both dual races tonight. For the Daytona 500. Yeah, that's the second time you've mentioned him on tonight's well, show. I was like, I was like, well, I'm, I'm mentioning because I'm trying to shame him to send me the uh, the text with his picks on Sunday. I thought he was giving you $20 <laughs> bills to mention his name on the air, but no. <clears throat> he did bring us some candy bars down from he the did, break room, exactly. so it's okay so you, to mention you, his name tonight. If, if you bring us food, you get mentioned all show long. At Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Twix, uh, Snickers, Butterfinger, what'd you grab? I took the Kit Kat. Kit Kat. I mean, it's a tough decision. Those I know. Are some quality candy bars. I, I was like, where, where, where did you get this stash, man? Anyway, uh, back to college hoops, Wes, and let's uh, update what's happening. UCLA on top of Colorado, 45-38, and uh, we're seven minutes into the second half at Poly Pavilion. Colorado took some money overnight, was a pick'em, closed one-and-a-half-point favorite. And uh, Mick Cronin's got the Bruins on top right now. This would be this would not be a good loss. I know UCLA in the drag they were like three weeks ago. Colorado but... is playing itself into a corner where it's going to have to win the Pac-12. Yeah, I, I think you're looking, uh, and and yeah. people think it might sound ridiculous that this might be a two-bid league in Pac-12. We know Arizona's going, and then uh, Washington State, by the way, uh, just underway against Cal. I think they were laying nine, nine and a half. Not a lot of movement on that game. Uh, Cougs up 10-7 here about eight minutes into the first half. Well, also, the Pac-12 doesn't have a commissioner to put a lot of heat on the committee. George so, <laughs> uh, is I know. I saw that tweet. It's like they are work, it's, uh, starting to part ways. I was like, well, the whole freaking conference is parting ways. Well, the conference is crumbling and uh, falling apart. I don't think the committee is going to feel bad about giving the Pac-12 two teams. No, right? no. The Pac-12 uh, got there. Well, so you would say this, too. There's a lot of... I know the committee chairman says every year, we don't look at how many teams are coming out of each conference. B.S. <laughs> all right, you know as well as I do, the behind the scenes, the conferences with all the with a lot of the power, the Big 12, Big yes. 10, yes. SEC, not necessarily in that order. Big 10's always had the most power in terms of uh, lobbying. There's a lot of pressure put on behind the scenes to get those, to get those conference teams in that tournament on the committee, and the Pac-12's not going to have that working for them. Yeah, it, uh, it'll be uh, interesting. ACC, what happened? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm just looking because I was actually uh, searching uh, who was on the uh, the uh, selection committee this year. Now, usually when it's like your team, you got to leave the room because they always show them eating the pizza uh-huh. at the Westin Hotel in downtown Indianapolis, right by the NCAA headquarters. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, new committee this year. Barry Collier, by the way, former Butler coach, uh, part of that committee. Uh, so. Look, I, I think the Pac-12 that it's just a down year uh, for for these guys. And it was uh, a very good year in football. Just a down. That year was kind of that was kind of their swan song. I think maybe uh, you know football getting a team in the national championship game for the first time in a while. Perhaps they'll get a couple in Omaha for the College World Series, but then that'll be it. As of July first, the Pac-12 will be no more. I would bet, I mean, if that prop is up there, I would bet on uh, no more than two teams from the Pac-12 getting in the tournament. Now, you could lose that bet if somebody like Colorado goes on a run and wins, wins mm-hmm. that conference They, 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 they could be UCLA. a bid stealer, yes. UCLA could steal a bid. Yes. Mike Cronin uh, gets his team to keep playing this well down the stretch. All right, speaking of uh, UCLA joining the Big Ten, let's go to that conference right now. We might, hopefully we don't have to sweat this out getting the 17 points with Minnesota, but Purdue just gets a fast break layup and a fast break dunk by Lance Jones, 70 to 60. Minnesota was up 43-35 at halftime, so it's a 22 to run right, 22 to 6 run right now. And in the second half, well, there's a three by Dawson Garcia. Boy, boy, they needed that. Uh, needed that bad to stop the bleeding. Yeah, we needed it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so 70 yeah. to 63 now. Uh, Purdue with the lead, 11 and a half at DraftKings, 163 and a half, uh, under six and a half to go. Dawson Garcia was important tonight. He's got 20 points. He's been hot from three. That's. I didn't want to bet the Gophers if he was not going to play, but I was very confident. Well, he was schematically, play. I mean, here's why we mentioned that that was important last night, because – Purdue likes to do that drop coverage where they drop Zach Eady down and, you know, dare you to kind of shoot mid-range shots. They'll give up uh, They'll give up some outside shots to the big guy. But against Austin Garcia, you cannot do that. 
He's got some good moves. He's got some good skill. You know, this isn't like, you know, playing some of the other bricklayer teams in the Big Ten, like in Indiana or Rutgers, where it's like, oh, yeah, you can do that all day long. We'll just drop the big guy to the rim. And uh, uh, Purdue uh, not able to do that as effectively against Minnesota tonight. 70-63, seven-point game of six minutes ago. Garcia, speaking of the devil, back at the free throw line for uh, two shots. You know, he transferred from North Carolina, and I thought as a freshman for the Tar Heels, he showed a lot of promise. So I'm not surprised he's playing this well for the Gophers. Yeah, and, and that's, that's, just, that, that's just college basketball now uh, here in 2024 because this was a guy, high four-star, five-star guy, and uh, look up. Uh, has been has seemingly been everywhere. This is his third stop, and and you that used to not be commonplace in college basketball. It used to be like maybe you transferred one time, and if you were a multiple multiple transfer, that was like a rare thing. Now it's commonplace. Started at Marquette as a freshman, then went to North Carolina, was part of that team uh, that was the national runner up. Transferred to Minnesota. He is from Minneapolis or that area. So uh, yeah, you just see that now. You see these kids play three and four schools. All right, let's get back to the NBA before we take a break here. We're going to talk golf uh, when we come back after the break. But uh, the Milwaukee Bucks tonight about to suffer. Well, they can, they got plenty of time to make a comeback here early in the fourth quarter, but they would uh, suffer a big upset loss if they don't make the comeback. Bucks were 14-point favorites on the road tonight at Memphis, and they trail by nine Early in the fourth quarter, 94 to 85. They do. And, and uh, uh, Milwaukee uh, right now, this would be a bad loss to a Memphis team that is so shorthanded right now. Uh, obviously, no John Morant. Uh, 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 Triple J, I believe, has been uh, battling some injuries, and he's not in the lineup tonight. So, no-name lineup for Memphis, but they're getting it done right now. And uh, Milwaukee, uh, minus one and a half, even money, 235 and a half right now at DraftKings. Just started the third quarter in Salt Lake City. Warriors 88-71 over the Utah Jazz. The final three games in the association before the All-Star break. We'll come back and talk Tiger Woods, Genesis, and uh, golf betting in a couple minutes here on the Sports Betting Network. This is VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, welcome back. VSIN tonight, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. We've got a lot of basketball betting action to monitor tonight, but let's talk Super Bowl 58. He's back from a week in Vegas, back home. Larry Beal, KGO TV in San Francisco, sports anchor, former ESPN Sports Center anchor. And uh, Larry, thanks uh, for coming on tonight. Welcome back to the show. It's been a while since we had you on, but you just spent the week in Vegas. How would you recap Super Bowl 58? And uh, did you think it was a success to San Francisco 49ers loss aside? Wow, there's a lot there. Yeah. Um, week in Vegas is like a month elsewhere. So that's, <laughs> that's the first thing. <laughs> uh, but I survived it after losing my voice and a whole bunch of other stuff. And who cares? But um, the game, you know, usually when I, I'll go to a game and I'm sitting in the press box, sometimes uh, you could get disoriented because it's super loud and, you know, you're, you're watching a million different things. And I, I always come home and I watch the, the game broadcast. I'm not watching this, okay? I, I can't. I just, the 49ers had so many opportunities to put this game away. And I, I just, I can't even imagine being Kyle Shanahan right now. They had chance after chance after chance. And I think you have to treat Patrick Mahomes at this point like he's Tom Brady. You cannot give him the opportunity to be. You have to you have to put him away. I mean, there's so many. There's like I heard Steve Young today say there's like 25 things off the top of his head that he could list. And I feel the exact same way. Um, just. I mean, have you ever seen a player get hurt running onto the field? I've never seen that. I've been doing this for an eternity. Drake Greenlaw blew out his Achilles running onto the field. Uh, I know there was – I was saying that too uh, Sunday night, and I bet the Chiefs, and I said I feel fortunate to get away with a win with the Chiefs because there were about ten things that I I reeled off that went wrong for the 49ers in that second half. But in a a way, Larry, it's kind of the opposite of what happened with the 49ers. 
uh, in the NFC Championship game, right, where everything went wrong for the Detroit Lions in the second half, and you felt like the 49ers kind of stole one there. Yeah, that's a good point, a fair point. The difference is, I mean, again, this is one of a zillion things we can break down. If you convert on fourth and three with a swing pass to Kittle in the fourth quarter, then you decide you don't want to go on fourth down, I think fourth and four, with the potential to win the game. Now, of course, Mahomes was going to get his chance because of the new rules, but I'm not even sure Kyle knew the, the rule because he did an interview with CBS afterwards, and he said we, we wanted the ball because we didn't want Mahomes to get the ball, to, 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 to touch it at all. Well, dude, like, <laughs> come on. I, and I, I was in the post-game interviews. The players had no idea. Now, would it have changed anything? I mean, I would have deferred and, and, and let the Chiefs have the ball first. The only argument opposite of that is um, that the defense was tired after playing the previous series. But still, um, I mean, look, the offensive line, if you go back and look at the tape of the offensive line, it was rough. Even Trent Williams, who some people call the best left tackle in the history of the NFL, had a couple penalties, and I saw him just, get body slammed on a couple of plays that this just doesn't happen to Trent Williams. I was, I was in shock. And uh, Larry, speaking of that defense that you just mentioned, that tired defense, uh, that tired defense is going to have a new defensive coordinator. Now, Steve Wilkes uh, relieved of his duties. And uh, look, the chiefs had a lot of space over the middle, especially Patrick Mahomes in the running game. But were you surprised by this move? And do you agree with kind of the cacophony of voices that we're hearing that Wilkes might've been the scapegoat here? Well, I wouldn't use that term. I'm, I'm not surprised at all. I, I think I would just say that his skill set didn't fit in well with what the 49ers like to do on defense. And they realized that in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, it chose not to do anything about it then. But if you, if you go back again, like I don't expect people to do this, and go back and watch the D'Amico Ryan's defenses, uh, the stunts that they did up front, the pressures that they brought – very different than what we saw from the 49ers this year. It, it was a lot of just, okay, bull rush and hope you get there. Uh, Steve Wilk's specialty is defensive backs. 49ers defense is predicated upon pressure in the front six or seven. So I, I don't think it was a good fit to begin with. I'll tell you a, a quick story. Uh, before the Lions game, I happened to walk into the elevator, and I'm standing right next to Steve Wilkes. And I said, hey, I know you're not going to tell me this, but are you going to have Traverius Ward travel with Amon Ra St. Brown and play a bunch of man. And he just looked at me like, and, and laughed and smiled. He said, you know, um, I'm going to think about it. And then I saw him an hour later in the tunnel and I just, you know, just as a joke, I said, so coach, if we come up with a decision, I'm still thinking about it. Well, <laughs> what happened? What happened? Where they ended up getting sliced and diced in their zone in the first half. And then they played more man in the second half. And, you know, the Lions, the two fourth down plays, they came back to win the game. But that was, that to me, that's the whole, that's the whole thing right there. Uh, I mean, obviously he wasn't going to tell me the game plan, but uh, the way he wanted to play and the way Kyle wanted to play, it became obvious that those two were not a good match. So I wouldn't call a scapegoat. I mean, look, if you just look at uh, Patrick Mahomes, he was doing nothing. I mean, they held him to, to think, what, 16 points? I mean, you know, and you can't even count the gift touchdown off the muffed punt. I mean, that's not on him. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I don't like scapegoat. I just think it was, it was a, a defense that, that the Niners were not comfortable playing and they weren't getting results, which is even worse. But the results were not that bad in the in the Super Bowl. When you look at at the end of regulation, the Chiefs held the 19 points, and the one touchdown yeah. was a one play, 16 yard drive after the yeah. the punt uh, mistake. And uh, Steve Wilkes does get fired, and the uh, Niners going to be looking for a new defensive coordinator. I, I also think that uh, I don't know. Do you think Kyle Shanahan's taking accountability for the offense's shortcomings too? Because uh, the 49ers had opportunities. I think kind of blow this game open or at least build a much bigger lead. And uh, I wasn't crazy about uh, 
the offense's production in the Super Bowl either, and I'm not sure if uh, Shanahan's taking accountability for that. What do you think? Uh, this is one of my issues with Kyle. Um, he refuses to take accountability, and it's always, you know, just external factors. Uh, the bottom line for him is, you know, it's kind of legacy lost here. The three biggest games of his career, yeah. he's up 28-3 as the Falcons' offensive coordinator. He refuses to run the ball in the second half, and Brady comes back and beat. Well, you remember what I said a few minutes ago? You got to treat Mahomes like you treat Brady now, okay? Uh, four years ago in Miami, he's up 10, seven and a half minutes to go. They blow that lead, and they're up 10 nothing with so many opportunities to add on. And he comes out in the third quarter and pass, pass, pass. So I think nine plays, there was one called run and there was a scramble uh, off of a um, good coverage by the chiefs on one play by Purdy. But this is a guy that against the Packers a couple of years ago in the NFC championship game, he didn't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. So he wouldn't let him throw the ball and most are ran for two twenty and and four touchdowns. So your, your offense is predicated upon, we're going to run it down your throat with McCaffrey. Then we're going to go play action and then we're going to hit you with Debo and Ayuk and Kittle over the middle on deep overs. Um, it, it's frustrating. I, you know, and I don't have anything at stake in this either. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, I've never seen a fan base in such mourning afterwards because it was just like deja vu from Miami. I was talking <laughs> to all of the players right after the game, and these guys were shell-shocked. Christian McCaffrey looked in my face and must have said half a dozen times, I can't put the ball on the ground. I can't put the ball on the ground. I can't put the ball on the ground. He, he didn't have any other words. Eric Armstead, I, you know, I said, hey, man, I know this is hard. Um, what are your thoughts? And he just smiled, and he, he couldn't, couldn't answer. So these guys, they thought they had the game won. They feel like they should have won it, and they know that they let it get away. By the way, since I know your guys' specialty here is, man, I thought – Brock Purdy, 12 and a half rushing yards, <laughs> was the prop bet to pay off the mortgage. I can't believe he was held at 12. He ran for 51 yards against the Lions. You know what the happened? Thing is, Larry, you know what happened there, too? He took a knee and he had 13. And after taking a knee and a one yard loss, he finished with 12. Remember that, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't know how these guys do it, but even <laughs> the number, 47 and a half. And the game ends. Hey, you're like, there's no way you could know the game's going to overtime and you finish 25-22. It's just such a weird score anyway. Wow. Man, I got to call my buddy Lamar Mitchell at that MGM and figure out how these guys are doing. <laughs> I need their <laughs> algorithm badly. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, not the way we scripted. I'll tell you what, the first three quarters, I thought it looked like a preseason game. Then it was a much better high-level game in the fourth quarter in overtime, obviously, Super Bowl 58. Larry, we ran up against the clock. We had a lot to talk about tonight. I hope to catch up with you again later. Thanks a lot for the time tonight. Love it. Talk Warriors uh, basketball anytime That's you right. want. Give me a call. Okay. Larry Beal, 7. If you want to follow him on Twitter, quick break here on b tonight. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. Right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, new players can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet up to 1,000 of bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app and use promo code VSIN when you sign up. Official sports betting partner of the NBA, promo code VSIN. We'll get back to the NBA in a minute. Uh, also going to talk a little bit more Super Bowl 58 here. I want to follow up on some of the points our two guests made tonight. Thanks to Adam Hill of the Las Vegas Review Journal and ESPN Radio. And then uh, Larry Beal, sports anchor in San Francisco, former ESPN Sports Center anchor. Uh, from uh, the 49ers perspective, uh, Wes, college hoops, we got a final out of the Big Ten. Purdue 84-76 over Minnesota. Gophers 21 and 3 against the spread, 16 and a half point underdogs, a closing number at DK. Yeah, 84 to 76. Number two uh, goes ahead and wins Zach Eady, 24 and 15 for the Boilers. Uh, Braden Smith, what a terrific guard this guy is. You know, he's not a very big guy, but he produces every single time 16 points, eight rebounds, and nine assists. Uh, Dawson Garcia led for the Gophers with uh, 24. So uh, hopefully uh, we had some middlers out there. I know uh, the Gov, Chris Meff, 13 on Twitter. Uh, uh, had the Gophers plus 16 and a half. Uh, halftime Boilers lay in 12, so it was basically in-game three and a half. So uh, uh, clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. He wanted a little Steelers wheel here. That's a good song, actually. From got, uh, Reservoir Dogs. Believe it or not, I've got Pandora on my phone, and that's one of the songs I've got in my catalog. Yeah, a little Steelers there. wheel. That's a good one. Um, all right, so 84-76 to final. And uh, that one actually got a good one going in the Pac-12. UCLA up on Colorado, 58-56 with three minutes to go at Poly Pavilion. And, uh, and this is a, a desperation game for the Buffaloes who really need it. I don't think UCLA can get in the tournament, West unless they win the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah, I, I don't either. And, and if you're the Buffs, yeah. There's you, a three-pointer for the Bruins. They go up five. You don't want to lose this one on the road. Uh, total closed uh, 136.5, 137. Probably going to need uh, – uh, an extra five minutes to uh, get that unless you get a late foul fest. But Buff's got the money overnight. Close as high as two. I think it stations at a Chuck Esposito's place. Uh, uh, minus two. Basically one and a half in the market here. So, uh, look, Buff's off a horrible, not horrible that you lose to Arizona, yes. but just the way that it happened. A horrible performance. On Saturday, the fact that they got their butts kicked. Horrible no-show performance. Yeah, they were not competitive at all. So, uh uh, Colorado down five, 222 left to go at Poly Pavilion. You know, Gonzaga was up one at the half, right now up 12, and the Zags might end up covering this game. They were taking money in the market and uh, closed 15 and a half, 16 point favorites. 
at Loyola, 83-71 inside five minutes. Gonzaga, by the way, uh, you know, huge win on Saturday, winning at Kentucky. Is that going to make the difference between them getting an at-large bid? And look, they could still win the WCC tournament at the Orleans. They've certainly done that several times before. But uh, Gonzaga, I think, basically has two quality opponents left on the schedule. They got a road trip to San Francisco, actually the final weekend of uh, February, early March, at San Francisco on a Thursday night, and then in Moraga against St. Mary's in the rematch with the Gales. Uh, so Gonzaga still has opportunity to pick up another quality win at least, but that was a monster on Saturday at Kentucky. Sure was. Sure was. And that was a third straight home loss for Kentucky, but the Wildcats rebounded and stopped that losing streak at home. Uh, Wes, I was looking at the Big Tw- or, uh, Big West last night. I was really digging into some of the Big West games trying to find something to bet. And I was looking into the UC Santa Barbara, UC San Diego game. And, uh, and this Santa Barbara team. I, so, I would have been on the wrong side of this one. I'm glad I didn't bet it. I was tempted to take six with the Gauchos at UC San Diego. And I, the more I looked through Santa Barbara's recent games, I said, nah, I'm not going to do it. Something's wrong with this team. Look at this. At halftime, UC San Diego tritons up 39-20 to 20 on yeah. the Gauchos. And uh, that's a pitiful, pitiful performance in the first half for Santa Barbara. Triton's best offense uh, in the Big West Conference. They're currently third. Uh, by the way, that tournament will be one of the cavalcade of tournaments that we have out Vegas. here in Las Vegas. Yeah. That'll be in the uh, Dollar Loan Center out in uh, Henderson, just down the way from uh, Green Valley Ranch. And uh, UCI, as I think many predicted, they are currently leading the conference 11-2. and two. UC Davis uh, just one game behind, uh, and UC Davis actually is behind uh, late to Long Beach State, 61-56, to 845 uh, left to go. Irvine, I believe, uh, I, 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 think they, I think they were off tonight. I don't, yeah, I don't see them on, the, on the schedule. Irvine's off a, a bad loss, too. Actually, yeah. I was thinking about playing Northridge at Bakersfield, and uh, Northridge went off a small two, two-and-a-half point favorite up, eight late in the first half, but a long way to go, and that one at Bakersfield. We got Pepperdine at St. Mary's tonight. This tips at 8 o'clock Pacific. Let's talk about that, and also Utah-USC. St. Mary's a 19-point favorite, total of 133, waves in the gales, and I did not get involved in this one. I did play a little bit Pepperdine overnight at 19 and a half, and uh, uh, these two teams have not yet played this year. Pepperdine 10 and 16, uh, not a very good season down there in Malibu for Lorenzo Romar and company. You have to wonder if they might be making a change uh, in Malibu, but... I've got to. Got th- to but this is a this is a St. Mary's team, second longest winning streak in the nation, at, at 12, uh, longest winning streak, by the way, UConn, who added to that last night at DePaul. And look, you're St. Mary's, and you look at what you've done. You did go beat Gonzaga, and then you had the two weak op- weakest opponents in the conference on the road. Blew out Pacific, blew out Portland. These are both 300-plus Ken Bomb teams. So Pepperdine is only 222, so it's not that much of an upgrade, but it's still a step up in class. And, you know, you just kind of wonder, and also, also the fact that St. Mary's does not have a game this weekend their next game will be tuesday so usually when you get that west coast conference schedule it's a thursday saturday much like the pac-12 and the big west and all the west coast conferences but they don't get a game until they get san francisco coming in next tuesday uh, to the mckeon pavilion in uh, moraga so this i thought maybe maybe a little flat maybe a little flat here i certainly think st mary's going to win the game and they're not going to be challenged you know to lose and this pepperdine defense not great but pepperdine did stop a six game losing streak on saturday one at loyola marymount by nine so sometimes when a team stops that long losing streak it is kind of a sigh of relief and they can play a little bit more loose so I thought 19 and a half was, um, you know, maybe a couple point, uh, points too high. I certainly don't expect Pepperdine to be in the game at the end, but I think they'll be in the number. So I took 19 and a half with the waves. All right. Good luck with that. I uh, passed on UCLA, and I'm regretting that right now because the Bruins are uh, getting close to closing this out. They're up 63 58 on Colorado with uh, two minutes ago. I also passed on uh, this Utah USC game. And last night when Colorado was taking money, so was uh, USC. And that moved from Pickham to USC minus two. Now I'm seeing one and a half out there at most spots, including DraftKings. Circus still got two. I just can't trust this USC team. Not going to. Yeah. And I... you know what? Utah is off two losses at home to Arizona and Arizona State. 
And I'm not crazy about the way the Utes are playing right now either. I feel like, you know, we were talking about this last night, and it's like, I feel like this might be uh, a, a sharp move, you know, this getting betted the overnight, because it's like, who could bet? Who could bet USC? off that performance against Stanford. So I don't think it's exactly the general public. No, but Colorado it. didn't turn out to be a sharp move, did it? Right, right. Uh, as uh, that, that game's still going on, but UCLA up five late. But, I yeah, I just can't. Uh, I, I can't bet USC. I kind of probably think it's right. And Utah, uh, Raleigh Worcester, I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen the starting lineups if he is, in fact, going to go. Uh, uh, for the Utes, he's been uh, you know battling some injuries pretty much all season. I think uh, I think Worcester actually has been out uh, since uh, January 11th, so he's missed the last several games. Uh, the former Utah State transfer, but eh, nothing for me, nothing for me on this game. Uh, would lean USC if you made me. All right, back to college hoops later. We're going to take a look at the uh, Saturday schedule in the final hour. We got to talk golf too. Uh, and hour number three tonight. But, Wes, uh, let's wrap up this hour with uh, NBA. And i got a good one going on tonight with uh, the Golden State Warriors and Utah Jazz on the last night before the All-Star break. Yeah, 120 to 107. And actually just started the fourth quarter. So this is going to be an easy over. Uh, Flying over that total of 242. Let me say Clay has kind of been hit or miss lately. He's been hit tonight. 35 points for uh, for one Clay Thompson. I think he's got to be embarrassed what happened last night. He had a bad yeah. foul late in that game yeah. that helped the Clippers win it. 7 of 11 from three. Mm-hmm. So 120 to 107 early fourth quarter. Uh, one minute left to go down there in uh, Grind City in Memphis. 109 to 104 over the Milwaukee Bucks. By the way, this did close the Bucks minus 14 in the market pretty much when Giannis got upgraded to probable, and uh, he's got 35 tonight. But, boy, what an awful loss this would be for the Bucks. Like, this, this is just a total mail-in spot for this team tonight. The upset of the night in uh, basketball, if the Grizzlies closed this out, they were 14-point underdogs at home against the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Uh, that wraps up uh, hour number two. We'll take a quick break. We come back. Like I said, we got more college hoops, NBA golf betting and we're going to talk a little bit more super bowl 58 in the final hour the sports betting network it's freddie prince jr and jeff died back in the ring wrestling with freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season hey jeff are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of wrestling with freddie you better believe i have i've been practicing my body slams and i'm jacked all right don't go injuring yourself now we'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from aew wwe and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling listen to wrestling with freddie on the iHeartRadio app apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts i'm saleya mosin and i've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the united states in 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 